the La Crosse Public Library Archives presents Dark Lacrosse Stories, a series in collaboration with the La Crosse Tribune. Dark Lacrosse is a suite of programs that feature the seedier side of lacrosse history and also include a downtown walking tour, a trolley tour, and an annual stage production with new content each year. It has been called the day all hell broke loose. The Armistice Day storm of November 11, 1940, killed at least 32 duck hunters and racked up a devastating death toll throughout the Midwest. Motorists stranded on the road froze to death in their cars. Farmers, blinded by driving snow, had become so disoriented that they gave up searching for safety, only to have their bodies discovered just yards from life-saving shelter. On Lake Michigan, three freighters and 66 sailors were entombed in watery graves. Most all the duck hunters who attempted to cross the Mississippi River during the storm had drowned. La Crosse was not untouched by this storm. In the backwaters off Bryce Prairie, two Logan High School students, Dick Bice and Laverne Reber, were hoping to enjoy the finest duck hunting of the season with an approaching cold front, but they were among many who were caught unaware of the violent and dangerous conditions that lay ahead of them. In those days, the U.S. Weather Bureau issued a forecast four times a day from an office in Chicago, which wasn't staffed overnight. The forecast said simply colder temperatures and flurries. What blew in that morning was a rapidly deepening low-pressure system 1,500 miles across. Dick and Laverne had arrived on a small island with pleasant temperatures in the 50s. Both were dressed in light shirts, pants, and rubber boots. Within a few short hours, a northern cold front smacked headlong into a warm southern air mass. The barometric pressure plunged to a record low that would stand until 1982. Laverne had dropped a duck and pulled the skiff out to retrieve it, but the increasing wind had made it impossible for him to return to his hunting buddy. Instead, Laverne was blown to another island. Now both boys were alone and stranded on small islands with sparse vegetation to act as a buffer from the brutal hurricane force winds. Joe, this is Ray Bice. I thank God you're home. Listen, it's getting nasty out there. I've never seen anything like this. Joe, Dick and Laverne are out there. I drove out to the launch. I saw Dick's truck. I don't think the boys can make it back. We've got to get out there. There's no way they can make it through the night. Okay. Yeah, good idea. I'll come pick you up. The men went looking for their sons, but the 50-mile-an-hour winds and high waves pushed back their 16-foot motorboat, and it was impossible to launch. Finally, wet and cold, they took shelter in their car. The temperatures had dipped to six degrees above zero. By dawn, the river was encrusted with ice. Desperately searching for the young men over the sharp ice, they had dragged the bottom from their boat. Laverne was found alive on his island under a canvas tarp by Logan High School teacher and avid outdoorsman Burton Smith. Smith then made an attempt to reach Dick's Island, but was turned back. The men searched frantically. That afternoon, around 3 p.m., a call came to the Bice house. Honey, we found him. He's alive. He rang all night in a tiny circle. He knew if he laid down to rest or sleep, he'd freeze to death, and our tough little guy never stopped running. He never stopped. The sheriff took him to the hospital. Praise God, our son is alive. I've never been happier. Honey, we've got him. Our son is alive. The two boys were reunited in the hospital. Unlike many others, they had survived the tragic Armistice Day storm of 1940, the day all hell broke loose. 
After this storm, city and county officials agreed to blow train whistles and ring church bells if another storm of that magnitude ever approached. The following spring, the U.S. Weather Bureau bowed to political pressure and gave states jurisdiction over their forecasts and staffed offices around the clock. And now I would like to welcome in Carla Swerman, Archives Associate Librarian, who has done some further research on this story. The Armistice Day storm was the perfect storm. The lack of localized and immediate weather information, the hordes of duck hunters flocking to area rivers, and of course, the abrupt and dramatic weather changes all contributed to the storm's devastation. The death toll numbered about 150, including 50 to 85 Midwestern duck hunters. Truly, November 11, 1940, will live on as the day all hell broke loose. The hell began brewing on November 7th when a strong storm system in the Pacific Northwest dropped down to the Texas Panhandle before heading northeast at gazelle pace. There, it collided with an Arctic air mass over the upper Midwest. This collision resulted in a dark day in La Crosse. Not dark as in robberies, lynchings, or prostitution, but dark as in Mother Nature demonstrating her power. Even though she spared La Crosse County residents from death, there were still downed power lines, delayed train travel, loss of livestock, and other ill effects, none of which could have been anticipated. After all, at 6 a.m. that fateful day, it was sunny and 48 in La Crosse, which was typical of the Indian summer weather that fall. But with clouds, cooler temperatures, and snow predicted, waterfowl would finally be migrating to the Mississippi Valley. This holiday was a dream day for duck hunting. Dick Bice and Laverne Reber were not going to miss out. Once the Armistice Day program at Logan High School concluded around 11 a.m., the two headed to Lake Onalaska, along with Reber's dog, and joined in on the chorus of shotgun blasts. But within the early afternoon hours, all hell abruptly broke loose. Light rain morphed into blowing snow with winds gusting at 30 miles per hour in the city and up to 60 miles per hour on the open roads. Of even greater concern was the barometric pressure. It dropped as fast as a headshot mallard to 28.72, a lacrosse record that has only been surpassed three times. By 4 p.m. that day, the temperature plummeted to 24 degrees and nosedived to 13 at midnight. Neither team, like their fellow duck hunters, was dressed for these winter-like conditions. They were also without the modern conveniences of synthetic underwear, insulated waders, reliable and powerful outboard motors, and, of course, cell phones. Fortunately, both teens knew that they must keep moving to stay awake and alive. Reber alternated between sitting under a tarp and then standing. His hunting partner, a quarter mile away, ran in circles with brief breaks during which he huddled with Reber's dog. Thanks to the perseverance of their fathers, both teens survived and went on to live full lives. Bice, an industrial arts teacher, died in 2003, and Reber, a chief electrician at Lacrosse Footwear, died in 2011. Not everyone, or everything, weathered the storm as well as these two young men. Livestock was particularly hit hard. 
even the Thanksgiving turkey industry was impacted. An estimated 1.5 million turkeys perished nationwide. In La Crosse, turkey losses were estimated to be 50 to 60 percent. These turkeys were often sold as fresh frozen for just 25 cents each. Any financial benefit was of little compensation for the loss of life, much of which could have been averted with today's outdoor recreational conveniences and or easy access to localized weather in real time. As a result of the Armistice Day storm, the U.S. Weather Bureau began adding more regional offices and staffing them 24-7. Now, if Mother Nature generated a similar perfect storm, the event could not and would not be as legendary or as dark as the day all hell broke loose. Thanks for listening.